Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 62. Today, we welcome back genealogical crime mystery writer, Nathan Dillon Goodwin, to talk about his latest book, The Chester Creek Murders, which is an investigative genetic genealogy mystery. But first, we're gonna talk about wine. Amy? Of course we're gonna talk about wine. Today, we are featuring a Pinot Grigio Barone Fini from Veneto, Italy. It is uh, dry and crisp uh, with a little almond overtone, but uh, it's fruity and it has a very smooth finish and it's delicious. I just uh, ran across it at um, my local grocery store, I believe. So, and it's uh, very refreshing. So, because it's been so hot here in February (laughs) in Florida, I apologize to the rest of the nation. (laughs) (laughs) but let's get to chatting with nathan dylan goodwin welcome to the podcast nathan and i am jumping right into the fact that this book is very different from morton ferrier books in the fact that it's dna research into a cold case but Morton is getting into DNA now, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's, he's, he's getting more. So the, the last book, The Sterling Affair, had, had quite a bit of DNA in it. Yeah. yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of increased, I suppose, with how it has in real life in the genealogical community. You know, like it's, when it started out over here, we couldn't, when Morton had his test in 2014, we couldn't actually um, have DNA tests in the UK. And so... I, I did what Morton did and had a friend ship one from America to me and I took the test, shipped it back to her and then she then sent it to Ancestry. So it's kind of, yeah, so I think Morton has, has picked up like uh, everybody else has since that point, I suppose. But yeah, the Chester Creek murders is just, yeah, DNA focused, genetic genealogy, yeah. And I, I will say the one thing I noticed, um, you still do the, the little bit of the back in time like you do in Morton's books um what the and this one is from the murderer's perspective of what's happening mm-hmm. and i will say it's a little grisly or you know just <laughs> i was like oh my gosh this it just seemed really different from what you've written before was that a was that hard it was actually trying to get trying to get into the mind of the, of the killer but i thought if i do it any other way, like if I did it with the victims, it would be very short-lived, uh, uh, only up until their death. And I kind of wanted to show this, uh, this just a bit into his mind. And therefore, when um, later on in the book, as the uh, the case gets a bit closer to being solved, you could then see this guy living, uh, you know, like in the present day and what he's up to and where, he, where he's at. So I kind of, yeah, it was, it was difficult to write it, I have to say. That's fun as well, you know, something different. Sure, yeah. sure. I love that. So when, now you, um, the main character of this book, um, Madison Scott Barnhart, you introduced her, um, I believe, in The Sterling Affair. Is that correct? Yes. She, she had a very brief introduction uh-huh. in The Asylum, which is the short story that goes at the very, very start okay. of the Morton series. But 
I didn't. I wrote that. I can't even remember when. Like I didn't write it at the beginning. If you know what I mean, uh-huh. it is the short story to start the, the series. And she had a very brief mention there. But uh, really, yeah, we kind of got to know a bit about her in in the Sterling affair. Now, when you were writing her into the Sterling affair, were you thinking of that developing her character already into this book now? Yes. Yeah, that was a deliberate thing. So I I thought about doing um, something along the genetic genealogy lines a couple of years ago after the Golden State uh, killer was captured. And so I started to think, should, you know, but we don't do that over here. We don't have genetic genealogy um, used by law enforcement uh, in the UK. So I knew if I was going to do something, it had to be set in in the US. Um so yeah, so I, and I, I kind of was thinking I would like to introduce her in in the Morton book, but uh, for it to be, have its own, for her to have her own series, you know, out of the way. So she's connected to Morton, right? Right. But, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So back then, we you you were being sneaky. You weren't. You weren't. You already had an, an idea of where, where you're going with that character when you introduced her to us. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. How hard was it to write American English? do you know i thought it would be quite simple because i thought i know there are certain words that we use that you use different differently and um you know spellings like Mm -hmm. color you know the the use dropped out but actually when i put it to my early readers i've got from about 10 to 15 early readers and the majority of them are american and the amount of things that came back that they're saying no we definitely don't say that what's this word what's that word it's definitely that's definitely british I, I, I really didn't realise how nuanced the, the differences mm-hmm. actually were. So mm-hmm. it was, it was fine writing it, but it was in the editing. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's quite a lot that I've got slightly wrong, you know, and used words that just you wouldn't say. And I think it's some things like um, went to get uh, go and get get a coffee and sort of get just get coffee, get some coffee. Uh, just little little things where just the words, the wording, mm-hmm. yep. is just slightly different so yeah. um but hopefully most of them have been picked up i'm sure and there may be a couple in there that people will still think mm, that's not american but i tried my best <laughs> I, th- I think it read really well i think it i think it went really okay. well. thank you <laughs> what was um what was your research like into learning how these companies operate yeah, so I, I obviously I've done my own DNA work. I've got my DNA and family's DNA on all the different companies. Um, so I've done quite a lot of research, and I've helped uh, three adoptees now find biological parents. So the, that is kind of the structure of that is very similar. I know to how these companies work. Um, but I did speak to Barbara Ray Venter, who was one of the people who worked on the Golden State case, and she does this. That's her job. Um, and I got to speak to her on the phone and interrogated her about everything as you know everything so how do you get the case and how much do they pay and who processes it and you know and, and do you work as a team and do you work by yourself and you and so she answered uh, all those kind of questions for me um, and did lots of reading and lots of research and um, I also took a forensic genealogy for law enforcement uh, course and passed it which was good um, where I had to identify the, uh, the the John Doe. So yeah, I did quite a lot of research because I, I knew this needed to be right. You know, I needed people who do this job or who understand this to say, yes, that's, that's the right way. And 
I've had lots of search angels coming back saying this is how I do my job and things. So I think it's passed the test. Yeah, I I just thought that part of the book was fascinating. Just just reading that whole process of how they how each team member because there's four team members. You've got Ross, Kenyatta, Becky, and Hudson. Who yeah, a couple of yeah. them have their own little side stories in yeah. this this book as well. Um, but how they each, you know, took their job or their part of the case and, and worked it and came out. I, I, I love that. That was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what was really interesting talking to Barbara is kind of because this is such a new area of, uh, of law enforcement usage of genetic genealogy, it kind of anything, not anything goes, but like she said, some people work by themselves, some people work in in teams some people you know they do they work remotely as in a team or somewhere in an office and so i kind of had flexibility there to do whatever i wanted so i did want a team working together a small team you know in the same in the same office um so that there could be that interaction so it's uh it's, it's really really fun to write i don't think you know that there's anything out there similar like like it really at the moment yeah, I don't think so either. And I and I also appreciate that it was um, in in real time. It wasn't in real time, but it's very current. It, it was in March, yeah. and you incorporated the pandemic starting as well. Um, so it just felt really really relevant. Like, oh, this is really happening, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was great. Um. Oh, tell us about your, you mentioned your forensic genealogy for law enforcement training course. What, <laughs> how did you find that and what was that like? Um, I was watching a webinar that Barbara Ray Ventor did and talking about the processes of genetic genealogy. And um, she just talked about the course and I thought, oh, I'd like to do that. So um, I signed up. It's designed really for law enforcement, but I thought that's exactly what I need to be doing to make sure I'm doing the right thing, you know, saying the right thing in the book, because obviously um, I, I spoke to not just Barbara, I did speak to law enforcement as well, but not law enforcement who have used genetic genealogy. So it was just basically to really make sure that uh, I was I was writing about the process in, in the correct way. And it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's really good, of course. It kind of takes you through from the basics of DNA. So at the beginning, I was thinking, yeah, I know, I know this stuff. This is good confirming what I what I know mm-hmm. um, and then it starts to build up and you're at the end is you're presented with uh, a John Doe and you basically have to use um, Ancestry and Jedmatch and various other websites to identify who it was and I did. <laughs> excellent work, excellent work. How long, how long was the course? Um, basically it was as long as you take as long okay. to do it as mm-hmm. it takes you so okay. um, it said about 30 hours to do mm-hmm. the identifying part. And I think I probably was a bit longer than that, mm-hmm. probably about 40 hours, I would say. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. Um, so the book it is, is basically about this cold case that uh, is presented to Maddie about three women who have been murdered in the Chester Creek Creek, <laughs> Chester's Creek, um, which is near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yes. And um, and they use the DNA, and and that is solved in the book. But these backstories are not. And 
So that leads to, obviously, there's going to be some more um, stories to resolve these. And one of them is that Maddie's husband is missing for five years. Yeah. Five years. And she also has, um, her mom has uh, onset dementia or onset Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And so that's, yeah, yeah, so that's that's a whole other issue in her life that she's dealing with um, also. And And I like the fact that, I mean, it really it makes these characters so um, <clears throat> identifiable that you know, oh, they're going through something that I might be going through, or uh, you know, and I I like that. And then um, Hudson has <laughs> a, a moral dilemma, I guess. Is yes, what's he does. Come, yeah, come up, and I I think that's quite intriguing as well the story but i'm not going to reveal anything i have to make sure everybody reads it i was going to say it's quite hard to talk about that isn't it without actually uh, giving it away right. yeah there's quite a lot of um of subplot there that kind of they don't get fully resolved uh, so they'll be you have to wait until yeah book two yeah and it's almost everybody and i think that kenyatta um not that there's a story there but i feel like <laughs> i feel like there could be in the future like something like some of the characters yeah. involved with are gonna show up somewhere in the future at least i hope so because I, I like her little side side stories yeah um let's let's see what else i was going to ask you i was going to ask you um so you've got a new book coming out for morton or, yeah. or you're in the process you're writing it right, right to get yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's set in the 1970s. Yeah, mainly in the 1970s uh, for the past narrative and then obviously Morton in the the present day. Um, And that picks up on, it's actually set in December 2019, so pre-pandemic. And that's just about six weeks after the Sterling Affair finished. So some of the loose threads in the Sterling Affair he picks up on. um, So he's trying to identify uh, some... So he's using genetic genealogy as well oh. so to identify uh, a birth parent. So, um, yeah, it's been really fun, actually. I'm up to 10,000 words, or just over that, 11,000 now. Um, it's been really nice to be back with him. And I, I think the story, I think people really like the storyline, actually, because it touches, again, a, a bit on his birth and the back, his background as well. So it's good. Does, Matt, does Maddie play a character in that as well? No, Maddie's not. Maddie's not going to appear in in the Morton book, but they might. They might have a, a storyline together at some point in the future. Okay. That would be great. Um, you have uh, you and some fellow forensic genealogy uh, authors have started a Facebook group on yeah. mystery mystery books. Yeah, Ge- genealogical crime mystery book club. Yeah, on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, that is so fascinating because there are authors there that I hadn't heard of, and now now I've got a whole new slew of books I I want to read, and I love yeah. that you guys are sharing like that. Yeah, this is what I, I realized. I thought I just I kept hearing people quite regularly saying, "Oh, I, I'd heard of you, but I hadn't heard of these others," or "I'd heard of the others and I heard of you," and I thought actually the, the genre it's it's quite a small genre, obviously genetic genealogy or uh, genealogical crime and crime mm-hmm. mysteries but i thought actually it's growing and it deserves to be a bit more recognized and a bit more 
we're working together rather than you know just as individuals and so i suggested to the other authors um you know should we get together and do put together a, a facebook group and they were they were up for it and so it's been really positive it's you know gone i think about 1300 uh, people have joined so far and uh, lots of discussion about the books and as you say it gets gives people a chance to read different authors but within the, the same genre i think it's just just about time it got a bit more promotion you know yeah yeah, yeah. Great, great idea I, I love it i found some um new authors i haven't read any new ones yet but i'm i've got a list going of what i want mm. to read that's great yeah. but morton's books always always first <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're number one <laughs> I think that's all I had to ask. Do you have any other questions, Amy? Um, I don't. Did oh, um, did you want, want to say anything else about the book, um, Nathan? Or uh, where can uh, people get your book? We'll have uh, so, we'll have a link on our website to it. But where else can they get okay. it? So they can get it. The main place for most people usually is Amazon. It's on there in paperback and in Kindle. It's also on. Kobo, it's also on uh, Apple uh, Play, is Apple Play, something like that, <laughs> Apple something or other, Google Books, um, and the audiobook is currently in production, so the uh, the narrator, she's about halfway through now, so yeah, that won't be too too much longer. You can also go to my website, com, and you can purchase signed copies from there, and there's also links uh, to all those different other purchase options, so that's a good place to start. Yeah, I just thought of something when you said there's an audiobook, and and I I know some of your other ones are an audiobook too. I haven't listened. I've always read your books. I haven't audiobooked your books, but um, do you get to help pick the narrator? Yeah, yeah, I've got a really, a really good one here for um for Chester Creek. Yeah, she's really how, good. How hard is that to pick a, a narrator? It's quite hard. So for this. For Chester Creek, I think we had about over 70 people auditioning who fitted or already fitted the criteria. This is the thing, because I said I wanted wow. it to be um, a, an American female, kind of roughly the same age as Maddie. So I said kind of, you know, 40s to 50s. So already that the criteria is quite narrow and specific. And then you've got these, yeah, these 60 to 70 people. and. Um, some of the time you can just hear it just isn't quite right. There's nothing wrong with their voice or their audition, but you just think it's not quite how I imagined mm -hmm. um, it to sound. And so then you need to listen then for other things like um, how they then differentiate their voice, because obviously there's lots of characters. And so uh, how they how they do that, how they change their voice, how they deal with, because um, obviously there's quite a lot of description and things like that. And so how that comes across and it's quite difficult. And so the, kind of have, I have this grid uh, a tick grid of various things I'm looking for and if they're warm and if they sound like they're you know engaging to the reader and then narrow it down to about I think it was six finalists and then it took a while actually between them all and uh, to decide which one and then finally did yeah pick one I'm, I'm really happy with her she's really good so oh, excited I'll have, have to give it a try because I listen to a lot of audiobooks and some of them just even when you start it's like no i i can't i'm gonna have yeah. to read this yeah. one because you just don't um the narrator just doesn't do it for you or yeah um yeah 
I know my son-in-law was listening to one where they were uh, always um, mispronouncing the words, and he's like, who is that? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it as she does it. So um, most things are correct, but like she said, um, GED match, and I said, no, you just need to say Jed, Jed match. You know, I can't have something like that in, in the book that's mispronounced, right. obviously, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating good. process. Good. Yeah, that is. It really is, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure as, a, as the author, you have that voice in your head and you're just waiting to hear mm. it come through from yeah. one of those 70, exactly. 60 or 70 people. So that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. And some of them just, they, you know, like you say, you just don't gel with the, what you're hearing. You think, no, it's just, it's just not right. They might be good for another project, but not just not this, you know. Right. Nathan, yeah. do you think any of your books will ever come to... TV or movie? <laughs> Lots of people say that. Yeah, a lot of people ask, is, it gonna, is there going to be anything? I think it'd be good on something like a Netflix or something, but mm -hmm. um, I don't know. They haven't approached me, let's just say that. <laughs> so I'm waiting. That would be so exciting. <laughs> yeah. I think it would really, I think it would be really a good fit. I, I think so. Yeah. And with all, the, with all the genealogy shows out there already that have mm -hmm. such a huge yeah, exactly. following. Yeah, yeah. Totally, I agree. So put put a put a word out there for me. All right, we will we will email Netflix and let them know. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, Nathan, okay. thank you so much for being on our our uh, February ep episode of Genealogy Happy Hour. We just love talking to you about your books. Thank you, thank you for having me on. Yeah, always good fun. And we're looking forward to the next Morton. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, awesome. That'll be out if I Wonderful. can keep going around homeschooling. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Hang in there. Hang in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. See you then. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.